Okay, so there there was this one beautiful magical moment. Yeah. Um. Matt, the groom, mm-hmm. had they had just done vows, and Matt was literally like sliding the ring onto Miranda's finger, and a crow laying on his head, and a crow pecked his eyes out. <laughs> no, a butterfly. Yeah. Just like fluttered in front of them oh, and off into the tree. That's cute. And I was like, magic, love, wonder. Uptown funk, you up. I've never actually like heard Uptown funk more than once, maybe. <laughs> uh, the first time I heard it was not Uptown funk. It was a parody mm. about Voldemort. Of course it was. Uh, and I was at a, a party and someone played it on the, on the YouTubes on their TV mm. and I didn't get it cause I had not heard the original song. You were just like, this is a weird song about Voldemort. Yeah. And like, I knew it was a parody cause it was like clearly described as such, but I didn't know the song it was parodying, mm. uh, which is a problem I've had throughout my life of not recognizing the pop song. Yeah. That song. Well, yeah. I've, I've listened to weird Al since I was six. Right. Uh, and there are many times, particularly as a younger child, I'm an older child now, uh, <laughs> when I would hear the Weird Al version of a song first mm-hmm. and only later hear the song that it was parodying. Right. Uh, the, the most well-known example of that in my mind was uh, Gangsta's Paradise and Amish Paradise. Same for me. Yeah. I didn't know Gangsta's Paradise was a song. Yeah, I knew Amish Paradise, backwards, forwards, and sideways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, for a period of high school, I got really good at doing all of uh, Weird Al's white boy raps. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Amish Paradise, uh, the TV one, it was a parody of uh, Lose Yourself. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, white and Nerdy, of course. Yep. Uh, he had that, that period of time where he was doing a lot, of, a lot of white boy raps. That's some of his best stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean... Um, Couch Potato, I think is the name of the, the Lose Yourself parody. And mm-hmm. it, it's still really good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Amish Paradise. I remember hearing Amish Paradise before mm-hmm. Games was Paradise. And I was like, this is a just like a great rap song. <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. then I listened to Gangsta's Paradise and I was like, yeah, this is just a great rap song. It is. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he turned it into a thing about Amish people. Yeah, which is still pretty good. It's a good song. Holds up well. Yeah, Weird Al does it right. Yeah. Turned in lots of butter. Raised a barn on Monday. Soon I'll raise another. <laughs> Think you're really righteous. Think you're pure at heart. Well, I know I'm a million times as humble as thou art. I'm the pious guys. I'm the... Ah, uh, nope. I don't know it. Uptown funk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the pious guy on my knees every night scoring points for the afterlife. So don't be vain and don't be whiny. Or else, my brother, I might have to get medieval on your hiney. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You I, listened to that a lot. I did. Oh, uh, boy. I feel like the uh, Catch Potato is the one I'm probably going to be the worst at if I were trying to do all of them right, and again. Uh-huh. Um, you're going to lose your mind watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's <not> all I got. <laughs> One line. Yeah. Did I? Did you listen to? And I didn't. I just follow people who talk about it. Did you listen to Jonathan Colton's new album yet? I have. Yeah. Uh, I I pre-ordered it because, uh, of course, I did. Of course, you did. Um, it is good. 
it might be great, but I'm not at that point yet. I haven't listened to it enough. Yeah, it's it definitely feels like one of those that you've got to kind of let it seep into your brain over time. Yeah. There are definitely some good songs. Uh, the music video for All This Time, like, broke me. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's... It's real good. Like I was crying at the end of it, uh, and it's just it's just a song, uh, hmm. and the and the music video is text on a screen. Really? Yep. I'll have to watch it. <laughs> uh, but it's it's real good. Uh, the song is good. The music video is better. Um, there's a few other songs that I've been listening. I've I've been listening to the album, um, but I've been listening to it kind of while I've been working. Which uh-huh. is not the best way to like just engage with it, right? You gotta like sit down at least once and just listen. Yeah, I want to sit like sit down with it, pull up uh, Genius, and like read the lyrics as I go through it, and and sort of experience it. Mm-hmm. And I've done that with a couple of the songs, and the songs are good, but it doesn't it it tonally hangs together now, but it doesn't necessarily thematically hang together yet because mm. it is it is a I don't want to call it a rock opera because it's not a rock opera. It is a concept album. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's about uh, trolls, the internet, and love will save us all, or something along those lines. <laughs> That's what it says on the uh, the Genius page, Genius.com. I know because I stole it from Wikipedia and put it on that page. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm a Genius contributor. Hmm. Uh, usually for little artists that nobody's ever heard of. Right. Like Ookla the Mock, which I've mentioned before. <laughs> Are you like the primary contributor? Uh, I'm actually the secondary on Ookla the Mock. Uh, only because somebody added like a bunch of their songs. They're not annotated yet. Um, but there's a few, like there's a, one of their albums has like four songs on it. And one of these days I'm going to just put the rest of them on there. Hmm. And uh, get a lot of IQ points. I'm a, again, I'm an internet lurker. Genius is a great resource, but I've never once contributed. Yeah. Well, the stuff that I like when I'm looking at like Hamilton lyrics, like that's been annotated to Helen back. So there's nothing I had yeah. to add to that. Yeah. But because I listen to bands you've never heard of, uh, it's easy for me to go in and like add songs or add uh, annotations to things. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I've done it for a few Pollen Store song, Storm songs I've added. Uh, Jonathan Colton I've done some commentary on. Ookla the Mock are the biggest ones. Uh, they Might Be Giants is not fully on there, apparently. So I've put some of the They Might Be Giants songs. So they seem like they'd be popular enough. Yeah, and and their music's also weird and doesn't get annotated as much because it's hard to say like what they're talking about, <laughs> right? Which is intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider yourself a like a lyrics or a music lyrics? We've person? talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm definitely a lyrics first. Yeah. yeah this is weird because like yeah before before we talked about it, like I didn't. I never really considered that someone could be other than a music first person. <laughs> like I, I've gone through this conversation yeah. like with you before and with Alan recently, mm-hmm. but like I'm, I'm a music first person a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, like I can, there's a couple like albums that I've, uh, gotten recently that are new that I like hadn't listened to before. And I listened to them many times now. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like when I get a new album, I listen to it over and over and over again. Sure. Um, until it just like through osmosis, I like get the whole thing. Yeah, no, I def- I've done that. Uh, typically, with, like musicals, I'll do that and sort right. of like engage with them that way. Um, and like I couldn't tell you anything about the lyrical content. Mm-hmm. 
But like I'm listening to words sometimes, but like I'm not yeah. paying attention See, to that. See, if I don't know what they're saying, I can't engage with the music. Yeah, like I and for me, like the the emotional response to just the music is often enough. Yeah. And then like if I take the time to sit down, I'm I also feel like I'm pretty bad at understanding lyrics just mm-hmm. by listening. Um yeah, I definitely, I, but, I appreciate Genius' ability to, like, understand what people are saying. Right. So, like, I'll listen to an album literally, like, ten times. Yeah. And then I'll go, like, look at Genius or, and or, see what they're saying. or some lyrics thing and then read the lyrics and be like, wow, these lyrics are good, too. <laughs> right? Uh, like, Kendrick Lamar's new album, Damn. Yes. Um, I listen to that a lot. And, like, just musically, it's fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a really, really good album. And then I went and I, like, listened to it through while reading through the lyrics. Yeah. And was like, oh, he's also good at writing rap. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> right? Like, he's not just, like, making good sounds with his mouth. Yeah. He's, like, saying good words that have their own emotional resonance. And I'm just... And I, like, don't need that at all to enjoy yeah. something. But Speaking of, of Kendrick Lamar and the other rapper I confuse him with, Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. because I am illiterate in these ways. Because they're the same person. Oh. <laughs> is, it, is it like uh, Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a deep cut for you. Uh, I did some research and finally understand the difference between an album and a mixtape. Ooh, enlighten me. Yeah, this is from like Wikipedia level knowledge, so I'm probably still wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so an album is generally commercially released, whereas a mixtape is not. Okay, yeah. Um, mixtapes also more often more heavily use sampled music, like Lots of rap uses samples. Like, that's a big part of hip-hop's right. background and, like, where it came from. It's essential to creating it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but mixtapes, because they are not often, are usually not commercially released, are able to sort of skirt around that because, and, and, and include more samples, not have to clear everything, and they can just make it and release it. Right. Um, which is why it was a really big deal when Chance the Rapper won for Coloring Book. Mm-hmm. Because it was a mixtape and it was not commercially released. Right. Um, and that was a big thing that the the Grammy group, the Grammyistas, <laughs> were very against. And I think had like rules against even. The Grammars. Um, yeah, the Grammars. Yeah. Uh, so him winning for Coloring Book was a first. Hmm. That's interesting. And my understanding is that I don't know if Chance considers all of his releases mixtapes, but he's never, he's released everything he's done independently on streaming. Mm-hmm. He's never like released something for sale. Yes. Yeah. And, and everything he's released is considered a mixtape. Okay. Under whatever designation that is being made. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause like, I know, I know you can release a mixtape where you can literally just wholesale reuse a beat from a previous song yeah. as the only beat on, yeah. on your song and you're just doing new vocals over mm-hmm. it right and you can just do that for like five songs and call it a mixtape yes um but yeah like there's definitely like a very large gray area between mixtape and album mm-hmm. that coloring book is inside of because like it's all very original work mm-hmm. but I guess, yeah, technically it's still called a mixtape. Yeah. I mean, like, I listen to it and don't feel like it listens any differently than, like, a full album. Yeah, well, I have the same problem that I have with Weird Al, uh, weirdly. 
which is that <laughs> I don't know the musical language well enough to be able to understand when things are being repurposed or reused. I don't recognize them hmm. uh, because I don't know them typically. So if someone's sampling a beat from another song and there is a commentary being made as part of that, I don't know it. Like, I don't know that's happening. Right. And Weird Al doesn't just do new vocals over the identical music. No. Right. Well, he, he, he does, has to re-record his own. Yeah. Music oh yeah. For it. yeah. Like he, yeah. he, which is one of his talents is being able to sort of match that musical styling of those. Right. And yeah. Rearrange new music, mm-hmm. new music. Yeah. Well, and he also does same. original songs that are, yeah. that are style parodies. So like songs in the style of other bands. Right. And have to get it sort of like what makes, a white stripe song or what makes a doors song right it's not just the song sounds like gangsta's paradise it's yeah. this song sounds like the artist who made Gangsta. coolio coolio yeah come on coolio who also sang the theme song to nickelodeon's keenan and kel <laughs> really yep and he's in the opening credits very tonally different than gangsta's paradise yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Nickelodeon, um, around the time of Keenan and Kel and all that, had a weird relationship with hip-hop. I don't know. Did you have cable as a kid? Did you watch Nickelodeon? Almost never. So the whole, like, Disney Channel and Nickelodeon stuff that is, like, defining of the 90s generation, I completely missed out. Well, so all that was a sketch comedy show, Mm -hmm. um, but aimed at kids, and that was a new kind of different thing, assuming you ignore all the other ones that came before it. (laughs) <laughs> like you can't do that on television was probably the the first one I know of, mm-hmm. which is a kids based sketch comedy. But all that always had a musical guest at the end of their episode, uh, and a bunch of them came from the world of hip hop. Uh, like TLC was on there. Like I was a huge fan of TLC, so when they showed up, that's a really big deal. Yeah. But most of them were people I'd never heard of. A because I'm musically illiterate, uh, and Weird Al never done a parody of their songs. <laughs> Um, but also because they were like, you know, showcasing new up and coming hip hop talent. Uh, and it was always sort of a weird juxtaposition to have primarily or often hip hop artists on this sketch comedy show for kids. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it's really difficult to find those performances because anytime the show got rerun, they didn't have the license to broadcast that music again. And so all of the reruns had the musical artists like cut out. Huh. That's annoying. It is. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, completely missed. That's okay. Completely missed the whole entire 90s yeah, thing. You, can, you can't you can do that on television was actually the source of one of Nickelodeon's most iconic icons, uh, that of Slime. I'm aware of Slime. You're aware of Slime and you're aware of its kind of... It's connection to Nickelodeon. I've never been slimed. That's okay. But I'm aware of slime. And you know that like Nickelodeon is big into slime. Yeah. Like that's, that's a kinda, big part of what they do. That's their thing. Uh, well, that is because of the show You Can't Do That on Television, which was a Canadian sketch comedy show, not even made for Nickelodeon. It was made for the CBC. Hmm. And Nickelodeon bought the rights to it to air in the US. And there was a... So it was... Interesting in that it was a show within a show. So um, there would be scene, there'd be sketches and comedy, but there'd also be interstitial bits where it was just like the cast members doing scripted comedy as themselves. Yeah. 
Uh, and one of the things that was really interesting about that was uh, a running gag, you could say, where if you said the phrase, I don't know, a bucket of slime got poured onto you <laughs> from up above, like right. just out of, as if out of nowhere. From the heavens. Yeah. And that was like a recurring gag on that show. But that show was so successful in Nickelodeon's early, you know, identity building days mm. that they co-opted that slime and made it a core part of their brand identity that exists to this day, I suspect. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure people still get slimed. Yeah, for- I would I would and be sure people are still getting slimed on Nickelodeon. They should it should be like um you know when you're a cop before like you can get a taser, you have to be tased. Yeah. So you like you have to be slimed before you can slime someone. Yeah, or like, yeah, if you get hired at Nickelodeon, like part of the onboarding process should be to get slimed so you understand, you can empathize. The core part of what you can empathize to be with the slimed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, but they 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 built whole shows around being slimed. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think everyone in America should get slimed. I think that might solve our problems. Yeah, just slime everyone. Slime, give everyone a good sliming. And uh, I think we'll all like be a little less. More, we'll calm down. We'll be yeah. a little more humble. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, as far as I know, there's no connection between uh, the slime of Nickelodeon and the other thing that I was very into as a child, which was Ghostbusters and the character of Slimer. There's slime in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any connection there whatsoever. I just think it was a thing that kids were thought was cool. People like slime in the '90s. Yeah, people still like slime. Do they? Yeah, and like kids like still like slime. Huh. Uh, and I know this for a couple of reasons. The biggest one is I went to Office Max recently. They got slime at Office Max? So they had a whole display of all of the equipment you need to make slime. Wow. Which include like food coloring and Elmer's glue and like maybe borax or something. Like they had like the slime kit station. Did you make some slime? I did not. But I later heard about, like, there are whole YouTube videos about kids making slime. Just check and see if there's yeah. a bucket of slime above There's me. not currently. Still not. Watch don't, out. Don't look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently, like, YouTube slime videos are a thing where people are like, kids are, like, making slime and having fun with it. In the same way that, like, I did as a child in elementary school. Have you ever, have you ever been slimed? No. I have made slime, but I've never been slimed. I don't know if I've made slime... But I made a uh, very, I guess it's a kind of slime. It's very basic, uh, just cornstarch and water. Yeah, that's called oobleck. It's an entirely different process. Okay, sorry. Excuse me. I it's have a not. non-Newtonian fluid. Slime is a Newtonian fluid. Okay. Yeah, I've not made slime then. I made, what did you call it? Oobleck. I made oobleck and I uh, put it in a speaker cone facing yeah, that's, straight that's up. that's always fun. And it just bounces and solidifies mm-hmm. on the speaker cone which is great yeah oobleck's great yeah it's not slime though okay looks like i gotta make some slime speaking of making slime have you ever had fire scares before um not since i was a young person mm. or a younger person uh i think i told you the story about filling my dorm room with smoke I don't remember. Uh, I was I was going to go on a date in college, and I wanted to make chocolate covered strawberries because nice. that's a very good like picnic date. Oh yeah, sort of thing. It's a romantic snack. right. 
uh, I was full of romantic ideas, among other things. And <laughs> no, I'm mixing two stories. So I, I, when I was making the chocolate, uh, I was melting it in the microwave and I left it too long. I got super smoky, but that mm. wasn't that big a deal. It cleared out pretty quick. Now the okay. other one was we had a toaster in our dorm room, an illegal toaster because toasters are illegal in dorm rooms. Yes. Cause they set things on fire. Yes. As I'm probably about to be made aware. Uh, so nothing caught on fire. Uh, we didn't put this toaster in our dorm room. We showed up. It was a suite style. We had four bedrooms and a common room. Yeah. We found this toaster in a cabinet in our common room and just always had it. All right. Um, and we used it occasionally, even though it was illegal. Dorm illegal, not like real illegal. <laughs> uh, and one day I wanted to make toast and it was it was broken and we knew that it was broken and you had to watch it because it didn't pop so it would just toast indefinitely yes uh and i forgot i was making toast once that's exactly why toasters are not allowed <laughs> that's in exactly dorm rooms. why toasters are not allowed in dorm rooms uh and then i smelled the smoke and i did it's always too late by the probably time the dumbest it. thing that I could have done in the circumstances probably because uh, I was in my I was in my bedroom and I had the door closed so I opened the door and it's immediate like the common room is full of smoke mm-hmm and I know it's the toaster because I was the problem <laughs> so I popped the toast out like turning the toaster off put it on a plate put the plate in my bedroom Closed my bedroom door. Oh, my God. Put the toaster back in the cabinet where ah. we found it. And then left my dorm for an hour. <laughs> to do what? To not be there if anybody came to find out what was going on. But it was like explicitly like I need to escape the situation. Yes. Wow. And Nothing was on fire. Nothing was in trouble but i didn't want to be there when or if somebody came to see what was going on was anyone else home in the dorm room at the time no okay so you were hoping like you'll come back in an hour and just everything will be normal well, and there'll be some all the smoke was gone and there'll be some bricks in your bedroom yeah on a plate <laughs> and and i i think about it now i'm like why did i put the toast in my room like that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense <laughs> Yeah, whose fault is this? Well, the bread's in Kevin's room. I was just panicking, so. Yeah, I mean, when there's smoke, did, alar did alarms go off? No alarms. While I was there anyway, no alarms went off. God. Oh, man, that's incredible. Um, I once, uh, this happened at work at my previous store mm -hmm. when it was like brand new. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I opened my previous store, we were a couple weeks old, and one of the employees wanted to make popcorn in the microwave in the break room. Yeah, and he just—I think it's like one of those things where it's the difference between like a traditional like home microwave power versus like the kind of microwave, a commercial microwave, like a commercial microwave power. Yeah. And he just like put hit five when he put the bag of microwave and <laughs> when he put the bag of popcorn in the microwave yeah, yeah. and then just walked out of the break room to come back later. <laughs> and my desk was very close to the break room. So I was the first one who noticed like, Hmm, I smell something. And then I look over and there's like 
small amounts of dark smoke coming out of the, the, microwave? the microwave door and it's still running. Yeah, that's bad. And so like I run in and he like turns around and like I get his attention and he turns yeah. around and he's like, oh, my popcorn. <laughs> so he opens the microwave door. Mm-hmm. Bad move number one. Mm-hmm. He uses his hands. <laughs> oh, Bad move number two. To grab the bag of popcorn. <laughs> he wanted that popcorn. He did want the popcorn. Uh, important bad move number three. He opened the bag of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and up until then, it was just like little... Bur- little a little bit of smoke. Little bursts of smoke or poop, little billows or... Yeah. Escaping the seams of the bag and had been escaping the seam of the door of the microwave. But then he opened the bag <laughs> and now there's an enormous amount of oxygen available. Yeah. And there's a giant hole in the top of the bag and the smoke just billows forth. <laughs> and it's just thick, black, noxious smoke pouring out. And, event- and the whole break room is just filled yeah. with black smoke. Oh. And, um, I immediately grab like a trash bag and like wrap, yeah, wrap it up and try to contain That's good. it and like have someone run it out of the store to just yeah. like get the smoke outside. Um, but there's now there's just tons of smoke that needs <laughs> just to, everywhere that needs to dissipate. <laughs> yeah, and we had so first customers started complaining. Sure, on in the front and they were like something burning and we were like yes we burned popcorn in the back and then like the neighbor stores started like coming over and complaining there's something going on like, yeah we smell fired it's is something on fire yeah. and we were like yes we burned popcorn in the back um <laughs> and as soon as everything was like under control yeah i went and i took a 15 and my 15s were walking around the mall yeah and i walked all the way to the other end of the mall still smelled smoke you could smell burned popcorn through every extent <laughs> of the mall everywhere in the mall smelled like burned popcorn yeah. and it was our fault an ra friend of mine in college told me that uh, burnt popcorn was something that covered up the smell of weed very well and so that was what they would look for is because apparently that was like hmm. even if it didn't work people knew that was what you're supposed to do is you burn some popcorn yeah uh, if you if you're smoking the doobies, well, it is a very powerful smell. It is. I it could is. see it covering up about just about anything. Yeah, uh, that was that was the trick anyway. Man. Yeah, they also uh, would because I'd hang out with RAs and they're doing like rounds or if they were doing twenty four hour shifts. Yeah, uh, they would go check like garbage cans, mm-hmm. um, not not the ones in your room, but like the communal ones. Yeah, and like find all the liquor bottles. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But they didn't know who it was. It was in the communal garbage can. So unless yep. you, they caught you with it. Yep. I got caught drinking by an RA one time in college. Yeah, I didn't uh, drink until I was old enough. And by the time I was old enough, I didn't live in a dorm anymore. <sighs> Dweeb. Yeah. Continue your story, though. I don't... I'm trying to think if there were any consequences. Not if your RA was cool. He wasn't that cool, but we were just all white. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Granted, everyone at my college was white. But yeah, I don't remember anything happening. It was, yeah, it was just a classic situation of like, there's a bunch of people and we're hanging out one of our friend's dorms and there was a lot of beer. Yeah. And it was like the, like the first time I drank at college (laughs) and I had like a, like small amounts of alcohol here and there beforehand before that. But like, 
this was like I'm gonna drink in college and like yeah. I was like halfway through my first natty light. Oh boy. And it was really gross. Yeah. And I was not enjoying myself. And then like an RA like knocked on the door and everyone tried to like <laughs> hide my beer can. <laughs> and he was like, you guys are drinking. And he took the alcohol and then I don't think anything happened. Well, that's good. I think he threw away the rest of like the rack of beer. Yeah. And then like later that night at like 3 a.m., the person who bought it like went and fished it out of the dumpster. Oh, you're supposed to pour it out. That's the that's the RA trick. Right. Pour it on the sink, then nobody gets it back. The fish, yeah, a lot of drunk fish in your colleges. Drain monsters, yeah. I did drink in a dorm room legally, mm-hmm. like I was in the one place you were allowed to be drinking alcohol in a dorm room uh, in my senior year because mm-hmm. I had a friend who was an RA who lived on campus, and if the rule was that if you were old enough to drink, you could drink in your apartment, which was in the dorm. Yeah, because uh, he was he was. He was a step up from where he was like a residence director or something at that point. Um, so he lived in the dorm, but mm-hmm. was of age and was allowed to drink. Yeah. Uh, which is really awkward because you were supposed to be an alcohol free campus with the exception of these spaces. Mm. And so more than once he got in trouble from a cop while bringing alcohol from his car that he purchased legally to his apartment where he was allowed to have it. But in between... He was not supposed to. Breaking the law. Yeah. So I drank in his apartment when I was like 21. Interesting. Yeah, which was kind of cool to be like, hey, I'm drinking on campus. Woo. Right, but like, oh, one I'm step over sp- here yeah. and now it's illegal. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. We were doing these before, but I got to do one more. Oh, nice. Okay. All right, we got another book cover. We've got uh, Puritan Lady uh, with man's head coming over her shoulder from behind and arms around her torso and a loving embrace it looks like a it it's either a loving embrace or it looks like he passed out behind her yeah and like fell on and like fell over her shoulder uh there's a cool mayflower in the background and a dude in a hat riding a horse way in the background Mm -hmm. and the title is pilgrim tit (laughs) the true story of the first thanksgiving (laughs) By Grip Titman. <laughs> I like Grip Titman. Grip Titman. Yeah, this that one, one was, was solid. This one's only 75 cents. Yeah. The true story of the first Thanksgiving. I don't see a single Native American on this. So as far as I'm concerned, this isn't the it's, it's wrong. propaganda I was served when I was a child. Yeah. Did you do a Thanksgiving pageant as a child? Did, is that a thing you participated in? It's not. No. No. Did those happen? Were you aware of them? I'm aware of them, but I never participated in them and they were never available to me, I don't think. That's really interesting. Yeah. I asked because that actually came up in uh, Amy's dissertation. Really? Yeah. Well, because her, her dissertation was about... I get that on, on mic. <laughs> Puritans versus pilgrims? Uh, kind of, but it was it's it, in the broadest sense I can talk about it without getting into the super nitty gritty, which I think is fascinating, but other people might not. Uh, it, she was looking at how we talk about pilgrims and Puritans in America in popular media Mm -hmm. and the myth we create with them. That's actually the story that we tell ourselves about the United States and the myth of America and Mm. and that's sort of the, the popular imaginary as she calls it. Yeah. Um, but like a 
whole chapter of her dissertation is about like Thanksgiving plays and Thanksgiving pageants and these sorts of the the stories that we tell through them and how we talk about these things. Uh, but it's really interesting because she also had never participated in one, um, or at least she th- she can't find any evidence that she participated in one. <laughs> but the the popular myth is so strong that she thought she had until like she tried to find any sort of proof of it. Yeah, because like I've got pictures of me dressed up as a Native American that are super bad. I'm sure <laughs> in like kindergarten. Yeah, um, and we made our vests out of. Grocery bags, like, like the, paper the, the grocery car- bags, yeah, the paper yeah. Bags, yeah. Uh, and wearing feathers in my hair, like all the all the standard, yep, racist stuff. Yep. Um, and she talks about like how like that even if she hasn't been in one, she feels like she has because that's such a big part of the U.S. culture, right? And like how we define what it is to be an American. Yeah, I think I don't remember my school ever doing one Mm -hmm. um i'm wondering if because i grew up in massachusetts because of the like physical closeness to that history if it was like treated a little more realistically but like like i definitely got like a very mythologized version of of the pilgrim story the pilgrims right like it was like oh no like they they came and then they struggled and then the nice native, the nice Indians came and yeah. gave them some corn and then they had a big happy dinner. Yeah. Like and they came because of religious persecution. Right. Yeah. They All that jazz. Religious freedom from the evil, mean British people. Yeah. And yeah. Which is almost the opposite of what it was supposed to, but they actually came from. Really? Yeah. They came like for religious purity so that they could make sure nobody else had a wrong religion around them. <laughs> Right. It was less <laughs> it was less like they were being persecuted and more like they felt they were made to feel bad by their society because they wanted to persecute. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds uh, America. Little little similar to what uh, you know. Yeah. What's Although going on today? The, the Puritans, you can draw a direct line uh from the, the original pilgrims and Puritans uh to the United Church of Christ uh in the US. Really? Which is one of the most liberal uh, mm-hmm. denominations like in the country. Yeah. They're one of the most just like out there accepting of everybody's sort of things. Hmm. That's interesting. It is, especially considering how we think of the Puritans, which is, is wrong, but that's okay. Which is puritanical. Yes. They're very fundamental and... Yeah, yeah. which is not how they were at all. It's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of, like, a bunch of people uh, getting off a ship and, like, eating turkey and corn. Yeah. Um, they had venison. It's great, too. No turkeys. Venison's better. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever... Like, I I feel like I must have had venison, but I don't know... Like, I can't picture venison and say, like, oh, it tastes like this. Like, I know what turkey tastes like. I know what chicken tastes like. Mm-hmm. I know pork, pig, cow. Yeah. Human. Mm-hmm. I don't know what human taste like. Like pig. Oh. Yeah. I do still have that human heart in Skyrim. <laughs> Just in case? Yeah. I found another one. So I'm, I, must, I really got to eat one. I've heard human taste like pig. I do not know that human <laughs> tastes like pig. I don't either. Humans and pigs have very similar musculature. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been told. Yeah. I've eaten I've eaten a lot of food, a lot of weird animals, but like I can't think of it. Like I like uh, quail. I know what quail tastes like. I can picture that in my in my mind's tongue. Mm-hmm. 
I can fix your mind's tongue or yeah. your tongue's mind. No, like my mind's eye, but it's my mind's tongue. Your tongue's eye. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but venison is one that I can't. I can't put my tongue on. <laughs> <laughs> your mouth sight. Yeah. Frog, uh, I don't know what frog tastes like. I don't know what alligator tastes like. I've had alligator. Yeah. I've I've had venison too. Venison's really good. Yeah. I've had it twice. Once was, uh, I had an, an uncle who was an avid hunter who would get deer regularly, yeah. and he gave us like the neck. Is that a good? Is that a good part? I don't know, but it turned into some stew, and it was Ooh, delicious. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, and Love then I stew. I once went to a fancy restaurant, a fancy-ish restaurant, mm-hmm. like one of those like. Uh, you get interesting meat and stuff is served on like slate tablets. <laughs> That's how you know it's fancy. They don't give you plates. <laughs> <laughs> like it, but like not like uh, not like uh, luxury fancy, but like yeah. rustic fancy. Yeah. Um, and I had some like venison thing there. Yeah. It was delicious. I've had alligator, goat, uh, I've had goat, buffalo, ostrich. I don't think I've had ostrich. I think I've had, I'm pretty sure I've had buffalo. It's gross. Don't eat ostrich. No? There's good? absolutely no fat in it whatsoever. Yeah, so great. it just tastes like muscle fibers. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe like an ostrich pork mixture, like ground. Sure. I'm sure you can mix that it with That would be real good. Yeah. Um, lamb. I've had lamb. Yeah. Is there an animal you've always wanted to eat? Nothing comes to mind. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, like all the animals that are available to eat easily. Like I think yeah. I've eaten. And panda, <laughs> it's always the go-to. Uh, uh, dinosaur. I would love to eat some dinosaur. Have, is this something we've talked about, or have I talked about? I this don't with know others? if we have. But yeah, like one of the or, uh, like okay, so there's a real possibility that like woolly mammoths will be edible be like cloned yeah and alive then again. we can eat them and i would pay a lot of money to eat some woolly mammoth to eat to get like a woolly mammoth steak yeah like i would pay a thousand dollars to go to a restaurant and eat a woolly mammoth steak it's, it's pretty intense i bet you could one day yeah i would really like that possibility to happen yeah. um and i know that makes me sound like a very bad person yeah i mean if we're going to establish that eating meat is cool, like if if we don't if we're not raising any ethical concerns about that, mm-hmm. I don't know that woolly mammoth is worse than any other. Assuming that they exist and live, yeah, like yeah, I mean, like they had their chance, and as far as I'm concerned, if we bring them back, they're at our mercy. <laughs> uh, man, what would I want to eat? Like of the animals that are out there, hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, like when I think of an animal, like any given animal doesn't seem like it would be delicious. Yeah, that's true. You haven't been trained to think of it as delicious. Right. But I think of like a chicken and I'm like, yeah, I enjoy chickens. Yeah. Honestly, this is kind of a weird answer. I think I'd like to eat squirrel. Hmm. That's an animal people do eat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's on the edge of that sort of like social acceptability, but also I'm sure it's like people eat it enough that it must be interesting (laughs) yeah or it's at least like i think you can probably make it good yeah and it's 
suitable enough for yeah, cooking. I mean, it's got to be similar to like rabbit. I've had rabbit. I've had rabbit. I think it's probably a little more rabbity than rabbit. Probably. Right? Like yeah. just a little bit more extreme than yeah. whatever a rabbit is. Hmm. I wouldn't eat like anything that could that could be considered a pet in my brain. Like that yeah. would be weird. I know like some there's places that eat like cats or dogs and I don't think I could handle if that. If I was in one of those places and I was given like a dog stew, I would probably try it. I wouldn't like insult somebody by not doing it, yeah. but I wouldn't like go to a dog tent at a, and in a go market get some dog. and be like, I'll have the dog. Yeah. But I would, I would eat some dog if given to me. I ate tongue for the first time not too long ago. That was pretty good. Beef? Yeah. Have you had uh, beef testicles? I haven't. I would like to eat those. They're good. So I've heard. I, yeah. I had a, I had two of them and they were good. Yeah. They come in pairs. Hmm. If yeah. you're lucky. How were they, how were they cooked? Uh, I think they were like wrapped and like wrapped up in tinfoil and like covered in goodness and like thrown on a grill or something. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's something I'd like to try. I watch a lot of Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern. Mm. Um, Ooh, uh, what about bugs? What kind of bugs would you eat? Oh, man. Would you eat I, a bug? I would eat bugs. Um, like, I like the idea of eating bugs. I feel like when I actually got to the moment, I would be more hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to think that I would go through with it, though. But, mm. like, you know, grasshoppers, absolutely. Um I would eat snake. Snake is something I haven't had, but I would like. I think I've had snake. Have some snake. I think I had snake as a Boy Scout once. Mm. I don't remember it well though. I recently ate some bugs. Yeah, um, just for fun. Just for fun. I went to uh, College Roadhouse, which is a place here in Austin. Okay, it's a kind of like a. It's a pretty like grungy Korean place. Yeah. Um, and one of the things on their menu is silkworm. Oh, yeah. I've heard silkworm is pretty good. And uh, it was me and some coworkers who went out. Uh, and one of them was Erica, who's like pretty knowledgeable about Korean food mm-hmm. and Korean culture and all this stuff. And, and asparagus. And I don't think she'd had it before. Yeah. But I was like, this is like the weird thing on the menu. Like, yeah. I want to try this. And we all decided like, yeah, yeah let's we'll try it, it. And so we asked the the waitress and she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it's like, you don't want that. Yeah. Like Korean people will order we'll this eat and that, eat this. He was like, but you won't eat this. Yeah. And we were like, but we want to try it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like actively trying to get us not to order it. That's interesting. And yeah, and she conceded because we were like, we just want, like, we really are interested in just giving it a shot. She's like, okay, you're gonna hate it, but we'll give you, we'll yeah. serve it to you. Uh, and I hated it. Okay, um, so that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, uh, the sauce that it was in mm-hmm. was delicious. Yeah, um, the silkworms themselves tasted like poop. Oh, that's interesting. So, not as not as exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I tried it. Like it was yeah. really interesting. It was fun to like pick up a little silkworm and then put it in your mouth, pupa or larva or whatever yeah. it was, and with some chopsticks and throw it in my mouth and chew it up. Had a fun crunch. Yeah, and then it just tasted like dirty poop. Yeah, it's not as exciting. Yeah, but uh, that's interesting. Uh, I've been watching. I've been uh, so I discovered that Hulu has like 15 seasons of Survivor on it. Oh man, and I love Survivor. Yeah, you do. Uh, and I've not seen the majority of Survivor. Like I've I've seen a lot of the early seasons. Like I watched the first six or seven seasons in a row. 
uh, and then I fell off. And uh, for many years, it's been very difficult to watch like streaming because mm. uh, mm-hmm. CBS doesn't like you to stream their stuff. Right. They hate you. Uh, so there's like 15 back seasons of Survivor. And so I just picked like the oldest one that I hadn't seen, which was uh, China. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just got to the like eat weird things challenge. Uh, and like, hey, I was really impressed with how quickly they ate all the weird things. Mm. Um, but there were some definitely weird things on there. So um, the one that I thought like up until the, the last one uh, that I thought would be really difficult was baby turtles. Mm. And they were about the size of like a silver dollar. Yeah. And they had to eat three of them and just like, they looked just like turtles, only smaller. Do they like come out of the shell or something? And then nope. you just like, you put them in your mouth, shell and all. It's like soft enough. I guess. Yeah. And they just like ate them and shoot them up and swallowed them. And I was like, wow, that's really impressive. I mean, it's survivors. So they knew that it was coming, but right. Uh, but no, the one that I was really fascinated by that I don't know that I could eat, uh, like physically make myself swallow mm-hmm. um, was it was a chicken fetus. Hmm. And so uh, like it's in the shape of an egg. So basically they take a fertilized egg, let it grow for a certain period of time and then cook it and take the shell off. Yeah. And so it looks bird-like. Like it's got feathers and beak. Right, there's an animal in there. Yeah, and well, they they were presented without the shell, so it's just in the shape of an egg. Yeah, but it is like you took a almost bird and put it into the shape of an egg, uh, and they had to eat it. And uh, that one was intense to watch. Mm. Uh, and it's like I don't I don't know that I could do that. I would want to like see if I could if I was ever on Survivor, which I will never be, but fantasize about being on Survivor. Sure. Uh, like that's, 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 I feel like one of the ones that would probably stop me. And one person couldn't do it. Like just tried and tried and could not finish it. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds bad. I don't know if I could do that either. Cause it's like feathers and beak and there is some, I, there's some like delicacy. I forget where it's from. I don't think it's chicken, but it's some kind of small bird. Mm Mm-hmm. You collect the eggs and then you let them age and like oh a thousand year egg, yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, like, it's, it, that's a Chinese thing okay yeah and like it it like putrefies and mm-hmm. they turn black and become jelly like yeah and then you crack the shell open and, then and eat then it just like swallow it yeah whole so my understanding is and I've I've not eaten one um, but I know people who have mm. my understanding is it's actually it smells worse than it tastes. Hmm. Um, but it is it is a fascinating flavor. Not actually a thousand years old. They're just you know yeah they're just old, they're caught. But, it's like a year old or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're apparently like people. Some people love them. Hmm. Um, I am not one of those people because I've never had one. But uh, that's definitely something I would I would eat or attempt to eat. Yeah, like I would give it. I'd try it. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. But man, yeah, certain things like if it's if. Like a baby animal seems weird. Like baby turtle, like yeah. almost hatched chicken or yeah, those are those are on the end there. Have yeah. you ever cracked an egg and had it be a slightly no grown chicken? I've never had that because I buy my eggs from the grocery store, not farmers. <laughs> <laughs> I've That's done, the trick. I've done it. I've cracked an egg into a pan and, and been it like not be an egg anymore. This is just ever so slightly a chicken. Yeah. Um, it's on that path. Yeah. Like, it's not 
Like you don't see a bird. Yeah. But it's more. There's more happening than just a yolk mm-hmm. and then some white. Yeah. There's like. I'm guessing you did not finish it. You no. Did not eat it. No. That, do that in the trash. Yeah. And I guess, like, realistically, like, it wouldn't... Who cares? Yeah. It's the same stuff. Yeah, but eggs don't taste like chicken. I never thought of that. If you... (laughs) This is going to sound so bad. If a chick hatched from an egg, and you immediately ate it... It would not taste like egg. It wouldn't taste like egg, but the nutritional value would be identical... To that egg a week or two weeks or a month earlier, right? I I can't argue with the logic there. Nothing's entering the egg. Nothing has been added to the egg. Hmm. As far as I know, nothing gets added to the egg between, like, being fertilized. Like, that adds something to the egg, obviously. Right. Um, But then everything else happens in egg inside the shell yeah and then chick hatches and then you got a chicken yeah but yeah nutritionally (laughs) chemically like all the molecules are the same yeah same exact matter yeah hmm that's true for anything now i'm like my brain is substituting (laughs) like like things that have an egg on it (laughs) with just like like a baby chick (laughs) Cheeseburger plus baby chick. Yeah, yeah, or like uh like everything bagel egg sandwich. Yeah. But instead it's a it's But it's a like a chick. everything bagel with a slice of cheese and then a baby chick. <laughs> this is getting weird, man. <laughs> this is upsetting. Yeah. Chickens are great though. You Chickens just, are great. Eggs are great. I love eggs. They just have a middle period. Yeah. Where it's, it's not it's great. between those two. Yeah. Where things are difficult. Yeah, early egg and late in life. Yeah. Hmm. Have you watched any new TV lately or anything you liked lately? I've been watching Survivor, like I said. No, still slowly making my way through 30 Rock. Yeah. Because I watch one thing at a time, and right now it's 30 Rock, and I watch maybe two episodes a week. I watch like 30 things at a time. I started Handmaid's Tale. I've heard it's great. Uh, The first episode was really good. That's all I've watched. But yeah, it's also, we started watching it in the hospital (laughs) and we have not gone back to it yet. I've heard it's not fun. No. Like I'm not going to enjoy watching it, but it's probably very good. Yeah, it's very good. I I, I mean, I read the book a couple of years ago and it was, it was intense. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I'm like vaguely familiar with the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw an interesting thing though, just today, uh, the, the actress's name is Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Right. Um, she was asked whether or not the show was feminist and she gave this like super roundabout non-answer about without saying like, yes, this is a feminist show. She was like, I just consider my character to be a person yeah, and all that nonsense. I would, I would certainly say it's a feminist show. Right. That kind of seems to be like the whole point. But I think, I think there is sometimes a hesitancy to say that just to make sure that the message gets out. Because the show has a message. The book has a message. Right. It is saying things. And I think if you're, because of you know the world we live in, if you're upfront about the fact that it's saying things, people don't want to engage with it as a work of fiction, right. as a story. Right. Like if the lead actress in the show did press and said, this show is for feminists, 
then yeah. you just lose a large audience. Yeah. Or a, a large amount of people wouldn't be exposed to yeah. its actually but feminist it's, it's real good. At least the episode I saw was. Yeah. It's got uh, a lot of people in it that I didn't know, because I knew Elizabeth Moss was in it, because she's been in all the ads and things, but it's also got uh, Alexis Bledel is in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and she's real good. It's got, uh, I do not remember her name, but uh, she was in uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh, she played. Have you watched Orange is the New Black? I saw season one. Uh, she played Poussey. Okay, yeah, and I don't know her name, uh, but she's real good. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other other folks that I don't know as well. But uh, it's it's a solid show. Yeah, it's in my list. My yeah, but you're going through your list backwards. My <laughs> list that is slowing and slowing and yeah. slowing and growing longer because I am not watching things as fast yeah. as they are getting added to my you gotta list. watch uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 still you gotta watch at least one of those still haven't watched that still haven't watched Masterclass on Netflix the I don't know that one it's um you haven't heard of it no okay so it's Bake Off except Paul and Mary Bake Stuff Oh, like they bake the recipes. I would, I you, would watch Paul like and Mary you watch bake stuff. Paul and Mary bake their challenges. Yeah, I would, I would watch Paul and Mary bake things. Sounds great. Yeah, but like the idea of getting to watch them bake stuff and have like the results be perfect. Yeah, instead of watching like amateurs. Well, because like, Paul and Mary aren't baking anything that's not perfect. Right, and they probably have the control to like. Well, sure. Let's uh, let's reshoot that one yeah. that session We're if do it, that again. something came out wrong. You're right, but like. Yeah, it's fun to watch the amateurs on the on Bake Off like flounder and mess up, but watching Paul and Mary just like nail some execution oh, yeah. on the hard stuff sounds gonna be really, really great. fun. Yeah, um, Master of None is coming back. Really? Yeah, I uh, really later later this month. Season one. Yeah, it was a real good show. Yeah, I need to take a vacation just yeah. to like sit down just to and watch, watch TV. TV. Yeah. I feel like your your TV watching has definitely slowed since you uh, you know started going on dates. It did, yeah. Mm-hmm. It did. That's that's nothing. Nothing that's more about, profound. That's about there. it. Yeah, it's that. It's that, and the fact that like the like uh, spring is here, so like spare time is uh, dates sometimes yeah. and bike rides, and I try to read books sometimes. Yeah, books are great, and uh, so I don't like TV is like the last thing I do. Yeah. It's not like my default anymore because it used to be a default. Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, so I've got basically two months to read a bunch of books for the Hugo nominations because mm. uh, I I want to I always try to read so I can vote and the, I do the short stories and the novellas those are always pretty quick reads I can do most of those in a week or two right but like a bunch of novels but there's is... there's five or six novels that have been nominated uh, and three of them are sequels mm. and so I feel like I should read the first one first like I I may not. One of them I definitely will because I know the first book, it, like it is, it is a very clear trilogy, hmm. and this is the second book in that trilogy. So if I'm going to read it, I have to read the first one first. Otherwise, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Be like just like reading the Two Towers. I assume I've never read any of the. Uh, yeah, it'd be a little off-putting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the second one is a sequel that feels more standalone from what I've read about it. And one of them I don't know, but it's like so that's almost 10 books that I got to read in the next couple months before voting closes. Yikes. Uh, I have 24 hours to read, um, to start and finish Goblet of Fire before the library demands it back. I read that in 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. When it came out. (laughs) 
So I could probably do it. Oh, absolutely. But like I went and I got it from the library because I was expecting to start it much earlier yeah. than I did. And then the book I was reading took me a lot longer oh, to no. finish than I expected. And now it's due tomorrow. I'll Can't p- renew? No, because there's a hold yeah. for it. But that makes me wonder, like, should I just keep it and take the late fee? No. And deny the hold? Don't do that. But then I have to return it. But like I'm, I finished my book yesterday. I'm ready to start Goblet of Fire. But then I'd have to... Re- so start reading. But I'd have to return it tomorrow and you've then got, request it You've got 24 again, hours. You can read it. it. <laughs> how, how many holds are on there? It says just one. Well, like if you go search for it, it'll it'll tell you like how many holds you're waiting. Oh, I don't know. Um, it just said I can't... I can't um, yeah, I can't renew it. Yeah. I can't renew. Because like when I put books on hold, it'll say like uh, three holds on six copies or whatever. Usually like, it's the other way around. Like how but. much is the late fee gonna be a quarter a day i'll take a couple bucks to finish it (laughs) okay it's up to you i mean the the person who has the hold doesn't know how long they're waiting because here's the deal how does the library make money uh not through late fees okay never mind Uh, I don't know specifically if that's true for Austin, but I know uh, in the Grapevine Library, where I volunteered briefly, my mother and sister volunteered for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's public funds, right? It Well, so the the late fees didn't even go back to the library. They went into the general city fund. Really? Yeah. Uh, like, which was just let outrageous. the library keep those? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, my, because my mother was a volunteer there, she got her late fees waived. Mm. Um, and, and mind you, they, they were like, 10 cents a day back then. So yeah. it was even less. Um, and she's like, well, no, I'll pay these. And like, we don't get the money. She's like, never mind, wave them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause then they'll go to roads or something yeah. stupid. I hate roads. Oh, God. They're the so worst. flat. Just wish nothing ever got done. Yeah. And no one had money to improve infrastructure. Let's, let's uh, meet, meet up again in September. <laughs> yeah i mean you can you can read the book in 24 hours just take tomorrow off should i call in sick tomorrow yeah. to be like hey i'm not feeling well i feel like if you don't read a harry potter book in 24 hours you're missing out on some of the experience that's a good point i bet most people read harry potter books in 24 hours uh when they were coming out you can bet they yeah because like yeah as they were coming out like you go and you get it at midnight and then you just stay up and yeah. do the whole thing yeah like it's it's doable for i feel sure. like gobble the fire i had to like take a break in the middle because it's long i think it's the thickest book it is um, it is the longest and like i'm confident i could do it in 24 hours with like a nap and like little snack breaks yeah. and stuff yeah but like i've got like i'll go to work just take it with you <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think i could get away with like just having the Goblet of Fire is the least inconspicuous book <laughs> possible. Just like having this giant yeah. book in front of my keyboard. It's fine. Be like, I'm like pretending. I'm, I'm working. Like pretending I'm typing yeah. an email and I'm like just type, 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 type through pages. I got in trouble at a job once for reading on the job. Really? At a bookstore. Come on. Yeah. That's like advertising, isn't it? I it was a slow day. I had a book up at the register. I was working the register. I had to open it up and read it while waiting for people. My boss came up and was like, you're not allowed to do that. What, what were you supposed to be doing? 
waiting for people to check out. Cool. That seems like the most, like I would, I would actually be put off if I approached a register at a slow bookstore and the attendant wasn't reading. (laughs) Well, it wasn't Barnes and Noble. So we weren't like some little mom and pop shop, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Barnes and Noble. They don't actually want you to read. No. They want you to buy notebooks. Notebooks. And keychains. Yeah. And barns. Yeah. And royalty? (laughs) (laughs) Can I open a bookstore called Barns and... And... You call it Sheds sheds and Royalty. Sheds and Royalty. cool uh, don't open a bookstore in this day and age <laughs> unless you're amazon yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of independent uh and used bookstores that are still doing pretty well like they're not those are never going to go away completely yeah but uh yeah barnes and noble is struggling have you been to i went to a barnes and noble i went to a barnes and noble in stamford connecticut weeks ago and it was a very sad place yeah how was the one in connecticut so right. Uh, so one of the things Barnes and Nobles have done in the last few years to stay relevant is massively increase the amount of board games they carry. Really? Yeah. Uh, which is pretty awesome uh, because the hobby is growing and I like that. And people go to Barnes and Noble occasionally and they might see a board game and then buy it, which mm. is good. Interesting. Yeah. Occasionally they'll do sales and those get spread around on the internet and everybody goes and swarms them. Yeah. Um, I understand how why like uh, Barnes and Noble sells like cheap nonsense because they have to have a profit somewhere and mm-hmm. they can't make a profit on just books. Um, but it makes it made me very sad. I went to the Book People mm-hmm. downtown, which is supposed to be like yeah, I've never been. It's like the cool, awesome yeah. It's where people go do signings and things like that. in Austin, yeah. and it was a it is a pretty cool bookstore. Um, but even that, it's filled with like crappy like little novelty gifts oh, yeah. and notebooks and just like little things filling all the spaces around yeah. bookshelves because you got to pay the bills yeah like you have to make money by selling things that aren't books just so that you can sell books yeah it's a little silly yeah books man i don't know this is weird and i'm thinking about it uh, I don't know that I've bought a book yet this year. Mm. Like a physical book. I know I haven't. Uh, I'm a library man now. Well, so I've, I've been doing that. So I, I would still buy books occasionally, but I don't know that I've... I've bought some digital books. Uh, but I don't know that I've bought a physical item of a book in this in this year. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. I bought some audiobooks because I buy those from downpour.com. Feel free to sponsor us, downpour.com. You're better than Audible, and I'll say that on air for a number of dollars. We'll take sponsorships from Audible, too. I, I don't know that I can take a sponsorship from Audible. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, grumpy about it. Like, I'll take a sponsorship from anybody. That's fair. We get uh, do what Kevin Smith did and get Fleshlight to sponsor us. I would take a sponsorship from Fleshlight. Yeah. I would take a sponsorship from Barnes and Noble. Yeah. I don't think they do podcasts. I would take, I mean, they should expand. Yeah. I would take a sponsorship from uh, eating 
small chickens lobby. Yeah. yeah. The lobby for eating small chickens. Yep. So it's a niche organization. <laughs> it's very niche. But hey, I mean, I feel like we're uh, capturing that. Yeah, audience. we're on brand. Um, uh, you know, Audible bugs me because of uh, DRM. Aren't they owned by Amazon? They are owned by Amazon. Amazon, if you're listening. Yeah, uh, I will not take a sponsorship from you either. <laughs> no, uh, I I probably would. Uh, but no, so Cory Doctorow is an author I really admire, mm-hmm. uh, both uh, from a political standpoint. I think he makes a lot of interesting things. Although it's funny because a lot of people call him like a crazy PC liberal, mm-hmm. uh, which is also funny to me because he has more than once won the Prometheus Book Award which is a libertarian book yeah, award. Yeah, I was going to say, he seems more of a libertarian kind of guy. Well, he's, I mean, like most people, it's hard to like slot him into a single location. True. Uh, and he can write about books that are about things that he doesn't necessarily believe in. Mm. It's funny how that works. It's mm. called fiction. Uh, but because his stuff is also very reflective of society, people ascribe to him a lot of things, whether or not they're real. Yeah. Um, anyway... Uh, he sells all of his books DRM free. Like that's a, uh, he used to work for the EFF and I think he may again. Yeah. Um, and he, for a lot of really good reasons is very adamant about not putting DRM on his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his publisher is cool with that. Like he's worked with, um, his publisher who is one of the big ones like Harper Collins or something like that, like a pretty big name. Um, and he said to them like, Hey, I'm, I want to publish with you. Like there's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm not trying to go like super indie or whatever. Like we can help each other. We can be successful together, but all of the digital versions of my work need to be DRM free. Hmm. Like, and, and they went, okay. And they made that work, but Amazon and by extension, audible will not release DRM free versions of books, even at the author slash publisher's request. They mandate the DRM be in, on every single item digitally that they sell. So is his stuff sold with DRM or does he not sell it through he Amazon? He does not sell it through Amazon. Cool. Um, but he does sell it through downpour.com and through his own website, uh, website which is craphound.com. Downpour is uh, just another audio It's an audiobook reseller library. that yeah. doesn't use DRM at all. It's 100% DRM free. Cool. Uh, That's nice. Which is awesome. <laughs> Because uh, I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks and I was an Audible subscriber for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I discovered that, I was like, oh, and switched. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, as long as it's not like that much more expensive, it's, it's less. It's hard to see why. <clears throat> their, their audiobook library is not as large as Audible's because yeah. there's a lot of Audible and using the power of Amazon has gotten a lot of exclusive rights to certain ebooks mm-hmm. or audiobooks. Uh, which is unfortunate, but there's a lot of really good books on Downpour. Yeah. Uh, and I own all of the books I bought from Downpour. That's pretty cool. I do not license them. I own them. Yeah. Uh, and their subscription is also easier to start or stop. So like if you go to Audible, you mm. use the subscription model, which is not a bad system. It's, you know, 15 bucks a month and yeah. you get a free or you get an audio book every month. Um, downpours is cheaper. It's like $13 a month and it's basically one button to cancel it. And they don't give you like, well, we're sorry to see you go. Can we give you a special offer? Can we make you stick around longer? It's just like, okay, sorry. Come back if you want to. Yeah. 
Uh, and they've recently added a pause feature. Like, hey, if you want to just stop for a while and not lose like your account or your payment information, you can just pause it and come back when you're ready. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you can buy additional uh, tokens or whenever you want. So at Audible, like if you got your one ebook for the month, you have to buy all the rest of your ebooks at full price. Mm. Um, but if you're a Downpour member and you have an, a membership and you say, oh, I've bought my book, but I want to buy two more because I read that one in a day. Cool. Pay us the the thirteen bucks and get two more, and not have to pay the full price for other audiobooks. And you own them outright. That's pretty cool. Downpour, please sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I do not get paid to say any of these things, but I would be happy to do so. I would love to get paid to literally. Again, I want to be very clear. I would love <laughs> to be paid. Jesse will read your ad on air, regardless of who you are. Say literally anything. I won't even like read it ahead of time. I will just read it blind on the spot well they like it if you like integrate it into who you are as a person so you probably shouldn't just read it blind you shouldn't like know what you're gonna say Mm. make up a cool anecdote about how this benefited you in life so i'll be like hey my name's jesse i enjoy riding bicycles this one time i was riding a bicycle and thinking about how cool donald trump was yeah donald trump for president yeah thank you you would take that sponsoring donald trump i would you take donald trump's money he might be literally the only thing i wouldn't take money from but then the other side of me is like, I would love to make Donald Trump have less money. <laughs> like, I would love if some of his money became some of my yeah, money. Except it would be donor money, not your money. True. They're stupid, too. Well, okay. <laughs> Take their money instead. Um, yeah, maybe not him. Yeah. Yeah. But anyone else? Hillary Clinton? Like, you want to yeah. give me money for something? Yeah. Audible. What are, what are all the big podcast sponsors? Uh, Blue Aprons one. Squarespace. Squarespace. Um, freestamps.com is yeah. like kind of like the... Stamps.com. Sta- or stamps.com is the like kind of bigger NPR-ish yeah. realm. Uh, Casper. Yeah, I get that Casper mattress. Yeah, you guys know Casper. Uh, um, there's a lot of I've, I've heard a lot of like clothing store like uh, Trunk Club and yes. similar a lot of those subscription boxes yeah um, there's one for silver underwear yeah it's um, made out of silver yes silver thread it's antibacterial keeps you clean keeps you fresh man it sounds like you'd be great to sponsor us I listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> I know you do that's why I'm asking um uh Kind Bars sponsored Mystery Show, which is one of my favorite podcasts that has been discontinued. Mm. Those were good. Those are good bars. Yeah. So yeah. Anyone. Anyone. I have a I have some Casper pillows. Yeah. Are they nice? They're yeah, they're fine pillows. Good. I'd love if they wanted to give me a mattress and I'd <laughs> tell everyone else to buy mattresses. Yeah. Oh, there was a weird one on Beautiful Anonymous. I've stopped listening to Beautiful Anonymous because it became very repetitive. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was doing one that was a text message-based therapy. Interesting. Uh, you paid a monthly subscription fee to have 24-7 access to a therapist, mental health professional, that you could text back and forth with whenever you wanted. Hmm. Um, or even pay extra and do like Skype sessions. Which is very on brand for Chris Gethard. Yeah, for sure. he's talked about his mental health issues a lot. I like Chris Gethard. 
I like him in theory. I got I got tired of Beautiful Anonymous. I should get to listen to it every now and then. But hmm. um, I could just sit here. I'm looking through show notes of podcasts to listen to. Yeah, I guess they're in list. Uh, I would love it if like Meh would sponsor us. Like that's the holy grail. Oh my god, I've never heard better sponsor reads than yeah. than for Meh. Well, we've talked about him on uh, Daring Fireball. Yeah. Uh huh. His uh, it's like. Fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mad.com. <laughs> uh, one of my, one of my, actually, another one of my favorites. This is fun. Let's just, let's do a show where we just talk about companies that sponsor podcasts. In hopes that one and, of them might yeah. sponsor us one day. Um, you, okay. You won't enjoy this because you have a grudge. Um, are you familiar with the podcast Hypercritical? I think I've mentioned it before. Uh, it's got the guy from uh, The Thing I Don't Like. What, what thing don't you like? I don't know. <laughs> You just said I was going to have oh, a grudge. So. Oh no, the grudge is with the sponsor, not the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Hypercritical is a show starring John Syracuse, okay. who is known currently as one of the members of the Accidental Tech Podcast. Okay. Um, he's a he's very good at being critical of things. Cool. And so he uh, did a show called Hypercritical, where he like is very critical. Tore apart a thing each episode. Okay. Or whatever. And there was a in, a, in like a negative way, like this is bad. In a in a loving way of like, here's what frustrates me about this and why I think this can be better. Okay. Um, and focusing on like tech and Apple and sure. blah, blah, and that whole circle of podcast yeah. circle jerk. Um, but he has a legendary episode of yeah. that show about toasters. Okay. He doesn't and like toasters. He likes toaster ovens, but he goes off on the toaster oven industry. Okay. On how no one can make a good toaster oven. Okay. And it's like, it's very difficult to explain and make it sound like something that's actually interesting. But, but I, it's like I will trust you that it is. Top five favorite episodes of a podcast ever. Cool. Up there with Super Train. Yes. Um, and so when he ended Hypercritical and started doing Accidental Tech Podcast with mm-hmm. some other people, there was a one year period of accidental tech podcast where cards against humanity sponsored the show okay they did one one episode a week a month Mm -hmm. where they sponsored and they sponsored the whole episode yeah and the ad they did one ad read during the show and what they did was they sent they ordered a toaster oven from amazon for john (laughs) and they sent it to him one a month and he spent five minutes reviewing that toaster oven (laughs) and that was the the bot yeah that was the cards against humanity um, it's very Cards Against Humanity ad. It's extremely, it's extremely that. Yeah, I um, like the things Cards Against Humanity does. I dislike Cards Against Humanity. I yeah. want to be clear on that. The game, yes, yeah. the game, and a little bit the people who make the game because they think it's good. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to. Hopefully, they think it's good because it's the thing they make. But I don't know. Like, I get the feeling because they do all this other stuff. Like, I get the feeling at some point, like they are tired of this game. But it's what gives them the it's money the, to do well, the Yeah, no, that's I, I part of me thinks that like maybe they're stuck in this like Sisyphean hell <laughs> where they have to keep making new expansions for the stupid game. I mean just so they can keep doing what they're doing. Based on all the stuff they do, it seems like they're not all that interested in the game because they do lots of stuff that has nothing yeah, to do with the game. I like those things. Yeah. <laughs> uh Holiday Hole. Holiday yeah, Hole is like one of my favorite things. Like, they've done a lot of really interesting things that I think are neat. But I just, yeah. Yeah. But okay, so they got this guy, this toaster, once a month. They toaster once a month, and he just gets mad about a, like, they buy it, they bought him the shittiest toasters, (laughs) right? 
because he's he just he just loses it and he gets yeah. so mad and he goes off and he just nitpicks the every last detail about these things and it it was super enjoyable to listen to because if you know john as the a context, person yeah. Then, yeah you you get it um but they also do ad reads where like they'll they'll sponsor a show and the ad read is they asked us not to read an ad the end yeah I'm okay with that. And you're like, wow, Cards Against Humanity seems really cool. Yeah, if only they made a good product. If, well, yeah, if only their game was fun. Yeah, they did. Did you see the thing they did? This one made me kind of happy. Uh, where they did a name your own price for Cards Against Humanity at the convention. Yeah, yeah, and then they everyone just took them. Yeah, yeah. Which I want to go like, really? You just taking this shitty game? <laughs> I mean, if it's if I was at a convention and someone was like, "You can have this for free," I'd be like, "I'll check it out." Yeah, you would because you like Cards Against Humanity. Like Cards Against Humanity is a known product. If I didn't really know what it was, yeah. If I didn't know what it was, yeah, I'm going to take a free thing. That's how I got some cards for Super Fight, which is another dumb game I don't like. Super Fight. Yeah, Super Fight is Cards Against Humanity, but worse. Mm. I know I say that a lot about a lot of things, but it is also true. So Super Fight is an interesting premise at first, until you realize it's terrible. Uh, so you, you draw some cards and you get like a thing and a modifier for that thing. Mm-hmm. And then you so your friend has a thing and a modifier for a thing and they're going to fight. So it could be like an octopus with a laser gun or the Denver Broncos, but they can breathe underwater. And so you have these two cards, you put these two cards down and you say, okay, who would win in a fight? Hmm. Octopus. Every time. And like then you, and you, you talk about it and pick a winner all right. And that's the entire game. Like cool. there's nothing that's uh yeah, not a lot going on there. It's yeah, it's a terrible game. <laughs> it's worse than Cards Against Humanity. And, and that's saying something. And it's brought to you by Fracture. <laughs> <laughs> is it what I don't know what Fracture mm. is, but I'm assuming they sponsor things. Well, they sponsor tons of stuff. They print photos onto glass. Oh. That sounds like a fancy thing. Harry's. Razors? Razors. Oh, nailed it. Just listing sponsors. <laughs> capitalism. Is that a sponsor of somebody? I got no, sponsored by capitalism. Like, this is the most like dark late capitalism activity of all time. We're doing a podcast that we don't make any money on. Yeah. And we, that, that I lose money on. <laughs> yeah. Like I am throwing money into a hole. <laughs> I lose time on this thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm reading sponsors that, that aren't are giving money us, to yeah. other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did just renew our domain. So we got that for another year. Sweet. Yeah. That was uh, more money in a hole. I love domains. <laughs> it's like a holiday hole, but ours is a money hole. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the movie The Money Pit? Um, is that Moneyball? No, it's the Money Pit. Okay, no, it's got like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. You're maybe? thinking of Big. Isn't that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan did a lot of movies. Okay, is this about a pit full of money? No, it's a it's a movie about uh, the perils of homeownership. Uh, this company is company couple buys a house. And it's terrible. Speaking of late capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> this company, I did it twice. This couple <laughs> buys a house 
and everything falls apart and that's funny and it's a money pit that's the the premise of the movie that does not sound funny (laughs) it doesn't and uh the one time i saw it i didn't think it was that funny yeah do you think that's why you uh aren't that why home home ownership isn't appealing to you because probably doesn't help (laughs) this movie has like impacted your psyche like yeah disproportionately and now that's the entire basis for why you don't want to own a home probably doesn't help do you ever uh like have a movie or a tv show that is just overhyped and then you watch it and you feel bad that you were underwhelmed by it like someone's like oh you gotta see this is the best thing ever it's so funny it's great it's it's moving you'll pee your pants um i'm prone i'm prone to like fall into the hype about something at yeah. first and then like on second watch or on reflection like get more realistic about it yeah um like uh game of thrones kind of is like a very like strong example of this or, yeah. or westworld or often like the like premiere tv shows yeah like i remember i i didn't watch game of thrones until like after season four okay. i think so i like binged one through four yeah the, those like, are the best seasons yeah and they were pretty good and then like started watching weekly yeah after that and i remember just being like captivated and like sure. completely taken after binging it because binging all that activity also yeah, like, it helps enhances that experience and then like i remember watching week to week and being like oh okay so we're just gonna do character check-ins yeah forever although uh, apparently again i stopped watching it season five i think yeah after it got too rapey yeah yeah well it got yeah too rapey too, it was it was rapey to begin rapey. with which was a problem yeah but yes it got extra rapey and yeah. they're like now nah, i'm done uh but my understanding from listening to other people talking about it, it is not improved in that time like it it has definitely passed its prime yeah yeah as a show i don't think it's gotten any better um or like Westworld's a great example. I watched that in like a week. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it as it aired. And like as I was watching it, I was just like really into it and very mm-hmm. excited about it and like wanted to talk about it. And then over the weeks as I like let it settle yeah. and, you know, mulled over in my brain, I was like, well, okay. Well, so. I, Jurassic I think, Park, right? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when Westworld ended, we talked about it briefly because I think you'd caught up with it by that point. Yeah. Um, Westworld in season two will be the show that I wanted season one to be. I think you hope. I hope. Yeah, I, I'm I hoping. This conversation. Because uh, yeah, I I felt like that when I was watching Westworld, like it was always on the cusp of being something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never quite made it there, right. and the finale happened. I'm like, oh, this is what I wanted. Right. We spent way too long getting here. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope uh, that it's better. I also want that for Riverdale, which I'm still watching. And it's still pretty good. I I saw, I didn't know it was from Riverdale when I first saw it. Yeah. You, do you know what I'm going to say? No. There's a meme or a, vi- a short clip from Riverdale that was spread around as a way of mocking Riverdale. Mm-mm. It's the clip where some character is like, I'm weird. Like, <laughs> you may, like... <laughs> It's probably Jughead. It's yeah, like, I feel because like of Jughead. I'm like, weird little speech. Yes. Yeah, that was I'm in like the most recent person. episode. And uh, it's yeah. horribly cringeworthy. That was a bad line. Really, it was a bad line a read. Really, really bad. 
Yeah, and that was that one was. Yeah, that was an episode or two ago. That was uh, yeah, that was Jughead, like explaining why him and Betty were never going to work as a couple together. Yeah, um, and it's just like the ultimate like like nerdy boy thinks he's yeah. like cooler than he is because yeah. he's different. And then, yeah, if there's anything I'm disappointed with, it's the characterization of Jughead in this show, which I've, I've mentioned like the asexuality thing, right. but like just how they're choosing to portray Jughead, I feel is the least good character. Mm. Um, the, the best characters are Betty and Veronica. Like they're knocking it out of the park as well as a, uh, another character, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. She's the redhead mm. to Betty and Veronica's blonde and brunette. Veronica. That's probably it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her brother is at the heart of the central mystery of the show because he was murdered. Mm. Her twin brother was murdered. Mm. Uh, Blossom. Cheryl Blossom? That sounds right. Paul Blart. Yeah, Paul Blart. That's what it was. <laughs> that's, that's her name. Um, you know, the, the the women of the show are really good. Uh, the dudes are okay. Need some work. Yeah. Uh, Molly Ringwald showed up for an episode or two. Really? Yeah. She played Archie's mom. Nice. Yeah. Some really good casting choices. Uh, Luke Perry plays Archie's dad, which is just fantastic. Which one is that? Uh, he was in 90210. Mm. Like, so he was a teen heartthrob like 20 years ago. And so now he's playing a teen heartthrob's dad. Mm. Uh, and there's definitely a lot of inner textuality going on there. <laughs> uh, yeah, then and then also bringing in Molly Ringwald to play Archie's mom. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, speaking of heartthrob, there. yeah, she still nails it. She's doing a good job. Yeah, the show brought to you by the CW. I would I would take the CW's money. I watch a lot of CW shows. Again, I don't like CW shows. I want to be clear. I will still take their money. <laughs> Jane the Virgin's back. Watched that one last week. That was mm-hmm. real good. Really need to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You really need to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's in my list. Yeah, but like you could skip 30 Rock. Uh-uh. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to skip the best sitcom ever. Uh, it's a good sitcom. It's my favorite sitcom. Fine. Yeah, what are you going to do with Kim when Kimmy Schmidt comes back next month? I'm going to say that that's my favorite sitcom. I know, but are you going to stop watching 30 Rock? Yeah, no, no, I won't. I will <laughs> like honestly, like my brain is now just completely okay with just yeah. I will watch a thing when I get to it. Okay, the idea That's of, good. Like release dates don't seem to matter to me anymore. Yeah, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Although it gives us a lot less to talk about on this podcast. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> we just found something to talk about for four hours. Yeah, and it was mostly farts. <laughs> Uh, we talk about farts. You can't remember what we talked about. <laughs> I barely. <laughs> talk about hospitals. Yeah. Baths. Baths. Talk about baths. Home ownership. Home ownership. Bike crashes. Yeah. Sponsorship deals. Sponsorships. Probably like 10 other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> farts, baths, and... Uh, Hospitals seem yeah. to be the big ones. Yeah, and that was mostly the first half. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with the idea of flow state as a as a workplace thing? Yes. Uh, I very much feel like you and I hit a flow state with this podcast when we're recording. Yeah. 
uh, where we are we are making good hashtag content, uh, but we're not actually like conscious of the process. Yeah, we're making that sweet sweet content. Yeah, uh, and so we get done, and it's like coming out of like mm-hmm. a flow state where we've been just riffing and ripping and doing gags and bits. But I don't know if we're like actually because okay. I don't know. I, we're probably not in an actual flow state. No, but. I think we're actually in a flow state. Okay. That's what I think we're actually doing. Um, because I can feel it. Like, we talk about farts and Paul Blart. Yeah. And then, like, it just starts happening after that. Yeah, no, it does. And then we finish eventually. Yeah. And I don't remember Usually anything. whenever Jesse says it's time to stop. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't remember anything. Um... But then, like, I think people who actually do like goofs and gags and yeah. are like are like really funny mm-hmm. don't do flow state, and they're like trying very hard the whole time. That's interesting to like do very. So do, we're like, better a than very them. Good job. No, I think we're worse than. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're as funny as well, people who are. I don't think we're trying to be funny. funny. Like I, I would not, not call us a po- a comedy podcast. No. Uh, we definitely make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. And one day I'm going to do a spit take right over your microphone. What what almost did it this time? What did I say? I don't remember. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Oh God! I said something <laughs> really funny. <laughs> yeah, we'll listen to it on the recording when we listen to this later. I guess so. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no idea what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Right. We can spend hours talking and then be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I I mean, there's there's got to be other podcasts like this, but I really do feel like we have hit a unique space mm. uh, of being able to have these rambling, weird conversations that just go on for days. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. There's not a market for it that we've discovered so far. <laughs> nope. Because we certainly haven't gotten that sponsorship money. <laughs> Definitely not a market for it. Um, and I also, I, I like that uh, my editing style, like I feel like accidentally serves our conversation style. Yeah. Where literally it just jumps in and then jumps out. Yeah. And then ju- like, and because we do one recording for two episodes, mm-hmm. like some episodes literally do like go one to the other. Yeah. But because of the editing style, you can't really tell. Sometimes you can't really tell which ones those are. So yeah. like, like our next two episodes will go one to the other, but then maybe like it might seem like it goes from that one to the next. I one. I mean, if we keep making uh, Paul Blart references, we can have a whole series. Yeah. I, I'm going to try to reference Paul Blart every time. So we, we have referenced in a number of episodes in a row eating bugs. That has come up repeatedly. Oh my God, we have. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like that's the closest thing we have to a theme at all. Yeah, because I talked about, we talked about bugs in bread. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, we had an episode that was almost called Eat a Fucking Bug. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why were we talking about bugs in bread? I don't know. <laughs> I can't make it more clear that I am that... I don't know what's happening here. How on earth <laughs> is eating bugs the most common thing we've talked about? I don't know. We're capturing the cultural zeitgeist. 
the tiniest cultural zeitgeist that exists only in this three feet of space between yeah, you and I. Yeah, it's the culture of you and me. <laughs> you know, we've almost done this for a year. I do, because I just renewed our domain. <laughs> yeah. And like I went and I, I was looking through our, our episode history and I saw that we we did every other week for a little while, like yeah. four or five episodes. Yeah. And then we went weekly after that. But since we went weekly, we've only missed two weeks. That's pretty good of us. And it was, one wasn't even Christmas. We missed yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then strep throat. Yeah. That's pretty good. I'm that's, a, that's a solid release cycle. Yeah. Uh, what is our one year anniversary? Do you know? Episode one released on May 24th. We are real close. Yeah. Like, like we were, we were recording probably a year ago. Like, I don't know what our record date was on that first one, but... Yeah, because we didn't, like, release it, like, right away. No. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I edited that first one. You edited the first couple. Yeah. Yeah. And then I let Jesse take over because he wanted to and I didn't care. Yeah, because I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Should we celebrate our one year when we release... Like, I think, we'll, like, next time we record will be the episode. Yeah, we'll hit, it, we'll hit a like, year. Yeah. I mean, we got to do something. You want to get a cake? I would get, let's eat a cake let's on air. Let's eat a cake on air. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am shocked that we have managed to fill a year of you and I it's sitting really, at this table. It's really scary to think about. Talking. Yeah. For hours on end. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to tally up all of our record times and see how long it's yeah. been. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's a lot. It's, it's too much. Are you going to just look at our episode times or like our total record times? Re- record times because I still have all the original yeah. record files. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious what like episode time, like how long would it take to listen to everything we've released? Yeah. I'll tally some stuff up. I yeah. think it'll be interesting. Put out some statistics for uh, what we did. We've It's been quite the adventure. Man, it has. Yeah. This weird, <laughs> this dumb, weird thing we make. Stupid show. <laughs> I've, I've told you about uh, the show I listened to that's been on for a really long time, Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. I know it exists, yeah. I would say. Uh, two episodes ago, at the end of the show, they joked that they were ending. Okay. And they were, they were like, you know, it's been like 11 or 12 years that they've been doing the podcast. Like, we feel like it's we've had enough. Yeah. Uh, but we really want to start a new project together. Mm-hmm. We're going to call it Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> right. And, they, and then they just described the show they do. And, yeah. And yeah. so then last episode that came out, they're like, hey, this is our new show that we're doing together. It's called Jordan Jesse it's called Go. Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, we just talk for a while. Often there's a guest. It's kind of a loose form yeah. conversation. Should we get a podcast. guest? I feel like at this point, it's too late. Also, I only have two microphones. I have a microphone. You could bring your microphone back. Yeah, we recorded off of my microphone for a while. But, like, wouldn't that be off-brand? I got an idea. Yeah? Let's get a guest. Yeah? Never introduce them. <laughs> don't let them talk. And don't let them talk. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you think we could keep another person from talking? I mean, if we didn't put a microphone in front of them a long time. Or if they're on a third microphone, I'll just keep that line. Just cut I'll that just mute it. And at, or if any of their, if anything they say bleeds through, just like edit it out. Yeah. I would, I, I mean, yes, like, we've got a very clearly defined brand and I'm yeah. okay with that. Um, I, the other question that comes up is when do we start season two? 
Is that a, is that a one year thing? Is that is know. a year a season? I never really had plans to start season two. <laughs> to, that's just a, how I name files. <laughs> so are we season one forever? Maybe. I feel like if there was actually going to be a season two, there would need to be a break in between or like some actual like content difference between season one and season two. We get a new twangy guitar intro. Right. Like new music or having a guest on. Maybe every time we have a guest, we switch seasons. (laughs) Yeah. Like once a year we have a guest and then we switch seasons. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, A guest would be weird. We could do a crossover. We could definitely get Vanessa in here. True. That'd Vanessa would, would sit with us and talk for four hours. But then is that unprepared or is that Project Unicorn? I mean, it can be two things. Unprepared Unicorn. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't listened to your latest episode of uh, Project Unicorn. I need to do that. Y'all are releasing about once a month? Is that what you're at right now? Do y'all have a set schedule? It's just when you can? We record once a month and release every other week. Okay, so you're doing the same thing we're doing of splitting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I feel like... Yeah, except we record for like... An hour, two hours. 90 minutes-ish. <laughs> yeah. And then the episodes are like 40 minutes yeah. each. Which is I do, faster to edit. <laughs> I do think... Like, I don't know if I have the time or space or ability to do this, but part of me really wants to do a commentary of one of your episodes. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really funny <laughs> idea. Like it's it's very silly. Where you just like talk back yeah. to us and like have a con- <laughs> like engage in the conversation. Well, it's funny because like uh, I mean Vanessa's nice. And I, we've been friends for a while. We don't do a lot of things outside of uh-huh. anything. We don't do anything. But uh, Vanessa's nice, and we worked together for a while. And that was cool. And uh, but I'm so used to like when I'm hearing you talk preparing to say like responses to that. Yeah, that I think would be a very weird experience to listen to that and just like talk over you and mm. respond to you and record that as an audio track. And I don't know, like it's, I think that would be hilarious. It, it's a very, it feels very on brand for us, but also very dumb, <laughs> which is very on brand for us. For us. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, no, the idea of having a guest and literally having them be silent for the entire time is the funniest <laughs> idea in the world to me. Um, we can do that because that's something that that's something that Jordan Jessico does. Yeah, like, is they have a guest, but they do an an opening bit that sometimes lasts like twenty minutes. Yeah, and then if the guest sometimes the guest will like try to say something before they're introduced, and Jesse in a like in a joking manner like loses his cool and yeah. like yells at them and like hmm. freaks out and it like it, it's a bit that yeah. they do on the show but That's the funny. guest isn't usually aware of the bit so he's just like i'm sorry yeah he's just being an asshole at that point yeah um but i mean i we could do a show with a guest that doesn't talk i would be okay bringing in a third person to you know just see what happens i think sometime. it's a one-off thing yeah yeah i think that person could be vanessa as a fun yeah, crossover. vanessa would be cool uh i uh, just a stranger off the street. Just yeah. as you're walking up to my building, be like, like, hey, hey you, you want to be on a podcast? podcast? Yeah. Uh, or other, another different person that's not on another Minor Planet podcast? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, no, speaking of Vanessa. Yeah. No, she's like a baker and has like made cakes. Yeah, and so she's, many cakes, she's, so a, she's, she's a very good baker. A great baker is my understanding. Um, she was at Miranda's wedding. Yeah. And when we went into the reception space, 
we had a she was at my table and we had a table that was near the cake table mm-hmm. and she got very upset because the cake had a slight lean to it not acceptable which is not acceptable yeah but she like took it personally yeah and got up and fixed it and rotated the cake so that it was leaning like backwards so you couldn't clearly see the lean yeah when you're looking at it you couldn't see that it was leaning um and she was like a little tipsy Mm -hmm. and we were all like vanessa please don't hurt the cake please (laughs) please don't get up and touch the cake and she got up and touched the cake and fixed it and made it better that's good thankfully but it was a very (laughs) vanessa thing to do to get all Personally fixing the cake yeah the well she she takes her baking very seriously because mm-hmm. she's real good at it mm-hmm. she, and she was like miranda deserves better <laughs> yeah wedding cakes are outrageous they're just insane yeah it was a fine cake yeah the best cake i've ever eaten was my wedding cake yeah did you make it no yeah. but it was very small yeah it was I think mostly that's important. Just, it was mostly just like a normal cake. Yeah, it was just cake. Yeah, <laughs> it's from Costco. <laughs> Costco cakes are really good. right. They're really good cakes. We're my sister's wedding will have Costco cake at it. Yeah, like they're buying a very expensive wedding cake, and then everyone like will tier. eat Costco sheet cake. And then there's a bunch of Costco sheet cakes. I I wouldn't be upset at all. No, because it's Costco cake. Like you could take it out in like the plastic trays yeah, and just have matter. me like it's serve great myself. Cake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I like I like the idea of uh, finding a guest for an episode. I mean, it would probably be more than one episode, just because we record. We could do like a uh, like a short. You know, hmm. Can you do season two and then return to season one? Does it it's our like show. That? We can do whatever we want. I don't know that anybody even knows that we're doing seasons. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know that anybody at all would have picked up on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, but we're not doing seasons. Well, yeah. Like, like this. <laughs> The season distinction is meaningless in the context yeah. of our show. If like, you if you download our episodes directly and look at the URL for the file right. itself, the file name, like Project Unicorn has it's they're named the same way. It's all yeah. season one, episode one. I haven't like, even looked. Yeah, see, yeah. You know what I might do? You know how I did like that Groundhog Day show? Yeah, with Alec. You are currently doing that Groundhog Day show with Alec. Technically, it is not ended. Um, but like next year, yeah, when we do a second episode, that'll probably be season two, episode one. That yeah, would feel no, that right. that that feels right. Or yeah. season one, episode one. Well, oh, oh. <laughs> It's just another episode one. <laughs> oh my god! I like the idea of like we should get a guest to come join us for like a portion of an episode, or like well, no, uh, like more than that. If they come and yeah. do a recording, that would be two episodes. Yeah. Or if they came and like if someone came and recorded with us twice, we could have like a little four episode like. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like we don't like, like we are not beholden to our format. No. I think I think. Uh, we have some room to be flexible. And maybe now that we've like spent a year carefully honing yeah. and crafting our brand. our brand and our style and the skills necessary to do this, yeah. maybe now we've we got some opportunities to explore. Settled enough to start branching yeah. into. We should find someone to interview. Can you imagine you and me interviewing somebody? That would be terrifying <laughs> <laughs> to be interviewed by us. That would be fun. I'd interview somebody with you. Yeah. Like, uh, see, the problem is, is like, I wish I knew like 
people who were people. Yeah. I feel you. Like I know normal people who were like my friends. Yeah. But it would be cool to be like, we're going to interview this person you might have heard of. Yeah. Who like is. Who did a thing. Who wrote this thing. Yeah. Who act like, you know, like a normal podcast. Yeah. But we could just like interview one of our friends. I mean, we have, we have friends who are in bands. True. Not like famous bands. Right. Uh, that's like other people saying that they have friends in podcasts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have friends in podcasts it's true uh i don't know like i'm yeah i, I would want to interview somebody who did something right like i think that would other because that, that's that's an interview having just a third person and asking them questions that's just a guest <laughs> <laughs> right i would want to go a step further than it's that like do you have any siblings like that's not an interview <laughs> I mean, we would have to do it, I feel like, in the true unprepared style, which is not preparing any questions ahead of time. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's that's a key part of our brand. Because mm-hmm. even when we, we, you know, when we prepared it, mm-hmm. we didn't really prepare it. What have we ever prepared? In our episode, we prepared it. Oh, right. Oh, because, yeah. We, we watched a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I brought, you know, a DVD player into your apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I feel like we should do again at some point. Like, I thought that was a neat experiment. Yeah, you were going to show me, like, a... A mystery science theater or something like that. Oh, yeah. We were going to do uh, Rift Tracks of Twilight. Right. That was the thing we were going to do, which we still can. Still totally open to it. Yeah. Uh, that's... Well, we make, make sure to do that. I have to finish 30 Rock first. <laughs> <laughs> okay.